what's going on everybody welcome in to the ultimate breakdown today we'll be taking a look at Dabo Sweeney taking a shot at Nick Saban we'll also be taking a look at Tua and his pro day and we'll be taking a look at who the best prospect in this year's NFL draft is so stay tuned when we talk about all this and more coming up on the ultimate breakdown Just a reminder, you can now listen to Ultimate Breakdown on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and just about anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can also stay up to date with the Ultimate Breakdown by following Ultimate Breakdown on Instagram as Ultimate Breakdown Podcast, and by subscribing to the Ultimate Breakdown YouTube channel. Alright, so let's take a look at this uh, feud between Dabo Tweeney and Nick Saban. So Dabo Tweeney says, well, first of all, Alabama is uh, t- their tracking their players' uh, progress with Apple Watches. Dabo Sweeney says, we don't need Apple Watches to know our guys are doing the right thing. Look, I really don't... Uh, Dabo Sweeney is normally more of a humble person than this. He's normally more of a better person than this. And really, he's normally more of an understanding person than this. Look, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Like, Nick Saban is really just trying to make sure his guys are doing are, are he's tr- just trying to make sure that his guys are working out. And uh Dabo Sweeney really just comes in with this unnecessary criticism, this unnecessary just I mean, we really don't need it right now in this pandemic. Like every coach is facing the same struggle, every coach has different ways of dealing with it, but there's really no reason to hate on Nick Saban, I mean, he's just trying to make sure his guys are getting the workouts in, and I'm sure that's what Dabo wants, too. All they want is for their guys to get the workouts in. Whichever they do, it's really up to them. So I really just don't understand it. So this so this story, I am against Dabo Sweeney, but the next thing, I'm for Dabo Sweeney. So he says, I have zero doubt we are going to play This Is America. This is the greatest country in the planet. We will rise up and kick this in the teeth. September's a long time away. Look, people got really upset about this for no reason at all. There's no reason to get upset about this. Dabo Sweeney, all he's doing is trying to give college football fans people to look forward to. And look, the truth is, Dabo Sweeney can say, hey, it's going to rain tomorrow. It doesn't mean it's going to rain tomorrow. What he says has zero influence on what is going to actually happen this college football season. So I have no problem with a top two college football coach coming out who he is, he is part of, he's one of the biggest per- people in college football. I have no problem with him coming out and saying, hey, I think we're going to play. It gives people something to look forward to. It gives people hope. There's no problem with this because, first of all, September is a long way away. He was not wrong about this. So even if something happens where we, where the, we don't have college football, I'm not going to go back in September and say, in, in April, in April, Dabo Sweeney said, hey, we're going to play college football. Now, are there people that are going to do that? Yes, but there's no reason to. He's trying to give us hope because the truth is what he says is zero influence. He's trying to give college football fans and everyone hope in the midst of this pandemic. So I have no problem with it. All right, so let's take a look at uh, at Tua. His pro day looked amazing. He looked uh, he looked healthy. He looked fluid. He looked 100%. Tua said uh, on April 1st, I have... I feel like if there was a game today, I'd be able to go out and perform the same way I was able to perform in previous years. I feel 100%. He said today, I'm not playing badminton. I'm not on the swim team. Football is a physical sport. You're going to get hurt. I can only control what I can control. I can't control that. So, I mean, 
really, he's not wrong in any aspect. He looked 100%. He said he was 100%. He cannot control that he gets hurt. Now, this is where I always kind of get upset this year and this year's NFL draft. Every year, every single year, the media clings to a prospect. This year, Joe Burrow. They cling to a prospect and they give on... They they don't... It's double standards. So, they don't give one prospect the same fair criticism as the other. What do I mean by that? So, a lot of... There's a rumors going around that... Or, that many NFL teams have two as the third or fourth best QB in the draft because uh, because he is they say he's a product of Alabama's system. Here is my uh, there, there's so many things wrong with that statement, but the first thing is this: How is he a product of Alabama's system if I, there hasn't been a actually great Alabama quarterback come out in the past ten years? How is he a product of Alabama's system and Joe Burrow is not? What do I mean by that? You can say that Tua is not a good quarterback all you want, but it, it you can say he's a product of Nick Saban, a product of Alabama, whatever. How come you don't give that same criticism to Joe Burrow? They just don't. Joe Burrow uh, had great receivers at LSU. They had the number one offense in the nation. Uh, he came from LSU, which this year was the best offense in the country. He had Ed O'Gron as coach. So how come he is not a product of LSU system? But Tua is. Now, I don't think either of them are a product of their school system. I think they are great quarterbacks. But to but to give that criticism to one person and to not give it to the other is just clinging to one prospect. And I hate it when the media does that. You see it every single year. And honestly, it's it's just kind of it's kind of just disappointing because Tua is not getting talked about at all. NFL team thinks that he think that he's going to be an injured bus quarterback, and really it's disappointing. He's going. I honestly do believe he's going to be the next Drew Brees. He has tremendous accuracy. I made a video. I made a podcast uh, a month ago or so, and I said I would not be opposed to the uh, to the Redskins taking Tua. Why? Because Tua is going to be a great Hall of Fame quarterback, and I really do believe that. So, not that Joe Burrow, I like Joe Burrow, I'm rooting for Joe Burrow, not that he is a bad quarterback, but I think it's the ridiculous, the unfair criticism that they give to Tua and they don't give it to Joe Burrow. I think you either criticize both of them for the same thing, or you don't criticize them all for it, because I don't think that's a fair criticism, because there's a reason why both of those quarterbacks went to those schools. There's a reason why one was the quarterback of LSU and one was the quarterback of Alabama. It's not because they were bad. It's not because they were lucky. Seriously, when have you ever seen a player play for Alabama and say, man, it just so happens that he's the quarterback? No, Nick Saban went out and recruited him. When have you ever seen a player play at LSU? It just so happens that he's the quarterback? No. He transferred there. Ed Ogeron saw something in him, and he started him. Tua came in at halftime. That's just what happens. So I think it's it's not fair criticism to say that. Now, let's talk about uh, – so this is a game – called Prospect Pick'em. We're going to be going through a couple prospects saying who I would rather have. First up, Tua or Joe Burrow. I got to go with Tua. I have to go with Tua. I have been back and forth on this many times, but hear me out on this. The main knock on Tua is that he's injured. If you watch his pro day, he did not look injured. You say, well, he wasn't going to hit you with all this. Let me ask you this. The first time Joe Burrow takes a snap, he gets hit right in the ribs. 
he breaks his hand, he, he bruises his ribs. He will never be the same player that he was in college. And you say, well, it's more likely that Tua gets hurt. He's more likely that Tua gets hurt because he got banged up in college. The reason why I'm opposed to this statement is because Tua has been hurt a couple times now. He knows that his NFL career is on the line. He knows that. So I think he's going to be actually more careful. If you get him an offensive line that will protect him, he's going to actually be more careful. Um, whereas if you look at Joe Burrow, if he's the number one pick, he's he's going out and he's trying to show him, hey, look, I should have been the number one pick. He's going out and he's trying to show people I should have been the number one pick. Why he's doing that, he's probably going to make some dangerous plays. Uh, he got hit in the ribs uh, in that game, in the national championship game, and he kept on playing, which is fine. But I'm telling you, he has not been hurt. He's going to be less careful. Tua's going to be more careful about his injuries. Tua can... Tua doesn't really depend on his athleticism, I feel. I think Joe Burrow sometimes depends on his on his athleticism and his rank skills. He got sneaky athleticism. I don't think Tua depends on his athleticism as much as uh as much as Joe Burrow does. Alright, the next prospect pick him is Jordan Love, Justin Herbert. Look, this is a tough one. Because if I'm taking him for what they are right now, Justin Herbert. If I'm taking him for what I think they can be. I'm choosing Jordan Love. So really, I think this is uh, depends on the team. I, I really like Justin Herbert a lot. He's got great speed, great athleticism, great height, great arm strength. He is really, um, him and Jordan Love are the really only two quarterbacks in the draft that you say they got great arm strength. Jordan Love is completely raw, okay? He's not developed yet at all. He has some bad tape. He has some great tape. If I'm taking him, if it depends on the coaching situation, but if I have a great coach, like 23rd spot, which is where the Patriots are at, Bill Belichick can, can mold Jordan Love into a great quarterback. So I think I got to go with Jordan Love because you always take a prospect for what they're going to be now if they are right now. Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. Look, this is tough because I like CeeDee Lamb a lot. But Jerry Judy, it's just his route running is so far above anyone else in the draft. And let me explain to you why that's just a big deal. Not the actual skill of route running, but why it's so hard to find a great route runner coming out of college and why it's so hard to change that. If you have a a uh, someone who has run routes a certain way for their whole entire football career, okay, now you want them to change the way they run routes, that's fine. But when they get on the football field and you're screaming at them in practice, you're screaming at them, uh, whatever, and you're saying, you got to change the way you run routes. you got to change the way you run routes. You watch tape or whatever. When they're on the football field, they're not going to be thinking, i got to beat this man. They're not going to be thinking, i got to catch this football. They're not going to be thinking, i got to break this tackle. They're going to be thinking, i got to run this route this specific way, this specific running form. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to play again. If you have an already developed route runner, he doesn't have to think about how he runs routes. He just does it, and that's what Jerry Judy is. He doesn't think about how he runs routes. He just does them naturally. I got to go with Jerry Judy. Not to mention, if you look at the stats head-to-head, Jerry Judy, 77 receptions, CeeDee Lamb, 62. Now, you can take that as a plus or a minus, but I'm taking it as a plus. Why? CeeDee Lamb is a one-man show at Oklahoma. He was the great developed receiver there last year. Jerry Judy had four great other receivers around him. Now, C.D. Lamb had talent. He had other good receivers like Rambo, but he did not have already developed the best receiving core in the nation. Last year, Alabama had the best receiving core 
in the nation. So you look at Jerry Judy, you look at Devontae Smith, you look at Jalen Wilder, you look at, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Henry Ruggs, great speed, by the way, to open up the field. If he's getting 77 receptions, that shows you how good he is. 1,163 receiving yards, CeeDee Lamb and 1,327. If you look at their 40-yard dash times, Jerry Judy ran a 4.45, CeeDee Lamb ran a 4.47. Speed, not a big difference. CeeDee Lamb is one inch taller at 6.2, Jerry Judy 6'1". Uh, their weight's pretty much similar. Their yards per reception, CeeDee Lamb's beating them 21.4 to 15.1 yards. But let me explain to you why that stat does not matter to me. That stat does not matter to me because look at the opponents they played against, each of them. One came out of the Big 12, one came out of the SEC. Now, look, everyone gets upset because the SEC is overrated. I am one of those people. The SEC is really overrated. I'm not denying that fact. But it would be a bold-faced lie to say that the Big 12 plays better defense than the SEC. That's just not true. It's not true. And so that 21 yards per after the catch, he's great after the catch. Better than anyone else in draft. He's got great breakaway speed. But that 21 yards compared to the 15 in the SEC, I'd rather have 15 yards coming out of a great defensive conference than someone getting 21 yards after a catch coming out of a bad defensive conference. So I got to go with Jerry Judy. All right, next up, Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman. Got to go with Henry Ruggs. Great speed, great athleticism. And here's the thing. Every year we see great 40 times. That's great. But you got to have something like route running or catching to be with that because if you're just a track runner, you can go run track. You cannot be a football player and just have track speed. Which he has agility. He has uh, he has a uh, he has agility. He has great route running. Not as good as Jerry Judy, but great route running. Great hands and his speed. It's just natural. So Henry Ruggs over Michael Pittman. Now here's the next thing I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use Michael Pittman again. Michael Pittman or KJ Hamler. Now KJ Hamler is kind of like the dark horse out of the speedy receivers in this year's draft. People want to talk about Henry Ruggs because he he has more of the speed. KJ Hamler is kind of skinny. He's kind of wiry. He's had hamstring injuries. His speed is something else, though. And he didn't get to run the 40-yard dash, but I, I I honestly, I predict him to run the fastest 40-yard dash. Now, I don't know if he could have beat Henry Ruggs. It would have been close, but I think he would have came close. Henry, uh, I'm sorry, KJ Hamler is, uh, I think if he would have ran that 40-yard dash, he might have beat Henry Ruggs. And I think his speed is great. He needs to put on some muscle. He needs to put on some weight. And he needs to be able to catch and traffic a little bit better. But I think I got to go with KJ Hamler, too. Michael Pittman's great, but he just can't teach speed. And he just, he's not he's not the fastest guy. All right, now here is a report about the Patriots. So the Patriots are reportedly looking at James Morgan out of FIU. Now, if you look at the tape, he's pretty good. If you look at his height, 6'4", great height. You look at his weight, 229. 2019 stats, 2,285 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, and 5 picks. I mean, his stats are good. Uh, I just, I don't know. Here, now, I don't like to say this, but this is what I think this is. It's less of Bill Belichick trying to get a prospect. Get a, I think it's less of Bill Belichick trying to get a good prospect and more Bill Belichick saying, hey, look at me. I'm looking at this kid that no one's looking at. I'm going to get him. We're going to win a bunch of games. I think it's more for publicity from Bill Belichick. Because we saw this feud between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick kind of move in the past two years, kind of 
to get bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually now Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay. I think you take Jordan Love with the 23rd overall pick. If there's a coach that can develop him, it's Bill Belichick. Because I never, like I said before, you don't take a prospect for what they are right now. You take them for what they're going to be. So if you take Bill, Be- uh, if you take Jordan Love, if you take him, and uh, you you develop him, he can be a Hall of Famer. He can be the next Patrick Mahomes, but he's got to be developed. He's raw right now, and I think Bill Belichick can develop him. So the NFL draft is going to go on as scheduled uh, virtually this year, uh, drafting from their homes. I I don't hate that they're doing this. You do gotta get the you do gotta get it on schedule so that these kids know where they're going, know what team they're going to be drafted to. Um, obviously this is disappointing. The atmosphere isn't gonna be there, but it's still gonna be fun to watch. All right, now don't ask me what this means, but apparent so uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, and Antonio Brown were practicing together. Look, I said before, Antonio Brown should not get another chance in the NFL. He, he just he he's always he's more, he's causes headaches, and it's sad to say that a top two receiver in the NFL isn't worth it. That is how bad his attitude is, but that's the truth. See, Julio Jones and Michael Thomas right now are top two receivers in the league. And notice how they are not causing headaches for everyone. They're not they're not they're not causing headaches for everyone else. Antonio Brown is. You, you use the term diva receiver. You just look in the past, you see the diva receivers and they're just not worth it. Antonio Brown is just not worth it. Now if he comes back and he goes to the and he goes to the Ravens, don't ask me what that's gonna do. Here's the thing. I look at it from the talent perspective. That is that AFC Championship right there. I'm calling it right now. If he goes there, the AFC Championship is going to be the Chiefs and it's going to be the Ravens. But that's from talent perspective. If you look at it from the personality perspective, if he matures, if he grows up, then yes, they can be a Super Bowl team, but he's got to mature and grow up. Now, the other aspect of this is the fact that uh, Antonio Brown is Marquise Brown's cousin, the speedster from the Ravens, who was also there. So I don't know if it's just because he was his cousin. I don't know if they were trying to say we want him on the team. But if he goes there, the AFC Championship right now is going to be the Chiefs and it's going to be the Ravens. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for the Ultimate Breakdown. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day. Enjoy your Easter. Stay safe. God bless.